Are you a truck owner considering switching to an SUV? Have you thought about getting an SUV that can pull double duty as a tow vehicle and as a vehicle to camp in? I've been asking myself if it's time to trade in the truck for an SUV, and this week I road tested the Ford Expedition, and I am weighing in on its features as well as talking about the pros and cons of SUVs versus trucks when it comes to towing and camping. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. The Girl Camper Podcast is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 13 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing support and sponsorship for Girl Camper is Kempco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And GoRVing.com, home base for everything you need to get started RVing. And of course, our friends at Liberty Outdoors, makers of the Max and Mini RVs. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, girl camping ambassador, blogger, adventurist, and podcaster. And this is episode 183 of Girl Camper, the podcast. On this week's show, I am digging into the pros and cons of an SUV over a truck and giving you my review of the Ford Expedition. I just spent one week road testing the Expedition, which was fully revamped in 2018. I took it around town and on a short camping trip, towing my little camper behind it. The good, the bad, and the in-between are coming up next. Before we talk trucks, I want to remind you that I'm going to be at the Hershey RV Show on Friday, September 13th and Saturday, September 14th with my special guest, Miss Ginny McKinney from the Marshmallow Ranch blog. Ginny is co-hosting with me at the RV Value Mart's booth in area A1 on the map. Now that's going to be between poles 112 and 113. If you've attended the Hershey RV Show, you know that they are locked in a dead heat with the Florida RV Show for the largest and most highly attended title. The Hershey Show is where the manufacturers first show off their newest models. It's a pretty highly anticipated event in the RV world. (laughs) Ginny and I are going to be there and we're going to be showing off our Girl Camper Raffle Trailer for 2019. The all-new 2020 RPOD 196, generously donated by our friends at Forest River. 
Hopefully it's going to be all decked out by then. We're really working hard to get that done. We are transforming it from factory to girl fun. Now, it's going to be fun to show it off at the show and talk shop with everybody. So please stop by and say hi. And if you can't remember everything I just told you about where they are at the show, just send me a little uh, note over on social media through Girl Camper at Instagram or through private message over on Facebook for the Girl Camper page. And I'll send you up a smoke signal and you will find us or just ask where the R-Pods are and you'll find us. So that's going to be so much fun and I hope we see you there. I want to thank GoRVing for coming on board to sponsor the Girl Camper Podcast. Today, we're talking about the Ford Expedition because we need to be able to tow our RVs when we hit the road. If you're new to RVing and still figuring out which RV is right for you, you should really head over to GoRVing.com. They have this really cool feature there called the Compare RV Tabs. This is a super cool tool, and it helps you find out the difference between things like what's an expandable travel trailer and what's a fifth wheel, or what's the difference between a Class C and a Class A. We always say this in RVing. If you're going to take this up as your family venture or your um, post-working venture, your retirement fund. There's really an RV for every budget, every lifestyle, and every family size. So get on over there to go RVing and find your way. Okay, when I began RVing 14 years ago, I bought a Mercury Mountaineer with a tow capacity of 5,500 pounds. My trailer weighed, according to the title, 950 pounds. When I sold it, I took it to be weighed empty, and it was really more like 1300 But the title, for some reason, said 950 But it was in 1959, and people make mods over the years, and those things add up. Now, at the time, I knew nothing about trailer weight, gross vehicle weights, tongue weights, matching a trailer to a tow vehicle, weight distribution, hitches, nothing. I just took that thing up and drove away. Now, I knew these concepts existed, and my plan for that was to just go way bigger than I needed and have a big cushion. So the Mountaineer was a great tow vehicle for me. It did have a third row seat, and the model which I bought had tons of bells and whistles on it. It had heated seats. It had built-in rear video screens. It had power, everything. It was the fanciest car I had ever had in my life. I bought it used, and it just came with those things. I towed with that until my daughter got her driver's license, and then I passed that Mountaineer on to her, and I started using an F-150 that my husband's company technically owned. Since he owns the company, that was sort of okay. Well, eventually, I had the truck more than the company did, and he he gave me an ultimatum of buy the truck from his company or go get my own. So I bought that F-150 from my husband, and I towed with that, I don't know, we owned that truck for like 11 years or so. I owned it for like seven or eight. I towed with that until two years ago when I got a newer F-150 with the 3.5 liter V6 EcoBoost engine. So I have the same truck, two F-150s. My first one was the really big engine, the 5.7 liter with the V8. The new one I got was the 3.5 liter V6 EcoBoost engine. Now, I have loved that truck and I have put so many miles on it. Last year alone, I put 15,000 miles on it and that was just towing miles. That is my daily ride. So that's just what I put on it when I was towing on trips. 
what I put on it in my daily life was another no oh, probably ten thousand. So I'm really I'm really ticking them up on that car there. It is my full time ride. I don't have a separate tow vehicle. So I have been considering an SUV. And the reason I began thinking about an SUV is because I see a lot of opportunities for me where maybe I don't want to tow somewhere. Maybe I just want to take an SUV and use it for car camping. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. So I wanted the collective wisdom of my tribe over at Girl Camper Facebook page. So I put the question out there and we came up with some interesting stuff. So there's a list of pros and cons according to the Girl Campers. And let me go over what the uh, pluses are for the trucks. So if you have a truck, Number one, you could put a bunch of stuff in the back and not worry about it. Sewer hoses, dirty camping mats, sandy chairs, that all gets dumped in the back and off you go. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff messing up the back of a pretty SUV. Number two, if you have a crew cab, you have the interior storage and extra seating. So that seat folds up so you can use the floor space, which I did when I uh, was on my Yellowstone trip. I love the way those seats function in the S1, uh, F-150. It's super easy. A flick of a button and they just flip right up. Really, if you have stuff in your hands, one hand is all you need to get those seats up. I really like those, and when those seats are up, you have a lot of floor space there. So you have a nice space in the back where you can put things that you don't want dirty floating around in the back of a bed of a truck, but when you do that, you're giving up the seats. You know, you can't have it both. You can have one seat um, down and the the bench seat of two up or vice versa, or you could have them all up, but really you're going to give up seating for a person. Now, another thing that is in the plus column with the trucks is when you get home, you don't have to dry out and clean out the bed of your truck. And that's the whole point of a truck bed. Yucky things go in there. And I keep the things that I camp with in there all the time. I always have my toolkit in there, my camp coat tables, my chairs, my mat that I use in front of my camper. I keep all of those things in the bed of my truck all the time. There is no point in taking them in and out. And that's another perk because it saves me a lot of time when I'm packing up on a trip. I can't imagine that I would be leaving all that stuff in the back of a pretty SUV. So I, I would probably have to get it in and out. And if I put stuff in there when it was dirty or wet, then I would have to dry it out and vacuum and clean out the back of an SUV. So, you know, you can get a little down and dirty with the truck bed. Okay, number four. This this You have to be a person who is super sensitive to irritating noises for this to bother you. And I am that person. When you have things in the bed of a truck, you don't hear them squeaking and rattling around and rubbing against each other. Sometimes when I put things in the back of my second seat in the, the crew cab of my truck and I'll be driving down the road, not, something's rubbing, something's scraping, and I just hear that. Ar, ar, ar. I have got to pull over and fix that. So it's a small thing, but if you are irritated by something like that, it is going to drive you nuts. So in the back of a truck, you don't hear any of that. Number five, if you have a truck, 
you have the option of using that truck bed for things other than camping gear that you might never put in an SUV, like, like moving firewood or furniture or getting mulch when you're working on your yard. I mean, we just took a bunch of bookcases up to our daughter in New York. You wouldn't be able to fit those or put those in the back of an SUV. Even um, if you wanted to put some things like I can remember one time in the back of my Mountaineer I once for 4-H when my daughter was in 4-H put two bales of hay in the back of my Mountaineer I thought I would just save myself a trip and not go get the truck from my husband's office I'm not kidding when I tell you it took me two months to get the embedded pieces of hay out of that rug so that's not the kind of thing you would do with an SUV number six a truck with the same engine is significantly cheaper than the SUV version on the same chassis. So, so much more goes into building an SUV. There's more seats, more electronics, skylights, engineering parts. It's just going to cost more. So, and I mean more. I have seen SUVs on the same chassis, same engine, cost 20000 more than, say, an F-150. So, you're going to pay a lot more. Um, the F-150 weighs less than the SUV, so you're going to be able to tow more and it's going to consume less gas. So the SUV weighs about 1,500 to 2,000 pounds more, so you have to factor that in. So if I take my F-150 and I'm towing my trailer and carrying the same stuff that I use all the time, I am going to get better gas mileage towing with my F-150 than I am putting that same trailer on the back of an SUV. That's just because the SUV weighs more. Okay, number eight. You can carry a generator with you without worrying about gasoline fumes. I don't know anyone who's going to carry a generator in a closed area that they are going to be sitting in. That being said, you could put, if you weren't towing, um, one of those uh, shelves on the back of your um, truck. I mean, you could put it on the back of the SUV and you could carry a generator on that, but then you're not towing. It's not a good idea to carry a generator on the extra hitch that is on the back of some SUVs. That's just a bad idea for a number of reasons. You don't want to put things that weigh a lot on the back. You don't want that um, sway going back there. And it's just not a good idea to have something with gasoline on the back. If you were rear-ended, that would not be a good idea. Okay, number nine, lastly. If you wanted to truck camp, you could put a cap on the back and do a little makeshift camper out of that. So my grandpa had a little pickup truck and he had this little just cap. I can't even say it was a camper. It's not a pull-in uh, bed like that, but you could put a truck camper. But if you just wanted to put a little cap on that thing, you could put two cots in there, a cooler in between for a little table, and you could do a little truck camping without going too far overboard. So let me talk about everything that has me thinking about the SUV. I'm looking at this SUV and I'm thinking, oh, maybe, maybe I just want to cross over. Here's a couple of things that I think are my pro SUV column. So when you have an SUV, you have access to things that are in the back and you don't have to get out of the vehicle. So when I'm driving on any kind of trip and I need something that's in the rear of my truck while I'm on the road, I have to get out of the truck, peel back the cover, drop the tailgate, climb into the thing, and 
get at it. And it's not easy to do. My tailgate doesn't come all the way down when the camper is attached to it. So I have a little step stool that I have to get out because it's actually too tall for me. I used to be able to pull myself up on a tire, but I guess I can't do that anymore. So I really like the idea that I can access from the second row of seats the things that are in the back. So I can just put an arm over there, open up my cooler, get at my things, and I don't have to get out and tear the whole back apart. Number two, I think it would be way easier to carry bicycles and kayaks along with you when you're camping. So I really just stopped taking my kayak with me because I never found a rack that worked with the bed cover on the back of the truck. So at one time, I did have a kayak rack before I had the bed cover, and it was one um, set of poles that went on the back of the truck, and there was some gadget that went on the roof that never felt safe to me. It just... I had to tighten it all the time, and I did have an incident on the Pennsylvania Turnpike where my kayak blew off, and then I said, that's, you know, this is just not fun. This is stressful. Somebody could have gotten really hurt. I thought I did everything they told me to do, and I just stopped carrying it with me. Once I got the tuno cover on the back of my truck, then I couldn't even have that rack anyway, so I never found a system for carrying the kayak on top of the truck. Bikes are a problem too. I like the idea that you could put, with the seats down, a bicycle just in the back of the SUV and still have plenty of room there. I once literally almost left my bike at a campground in North Carolina at the Outer Banks because I had one of these bike racks on the tongue of my camper. Very hard for me to get it up there by myself. I couldn't get the thing up there and stabilized. I ended up tearing apart my truck and getting the bike in the rear seat, put the seats up, got the bike in there. None of that was easy. I just think with the SUV, you could put the bike in the back, close the damn tailgate, and go off with it. So carrying bikes and SUVs while towing on the truck has been a real issue for me, and I think it would be way easier to do it on the SUV. And I am very interested in this. Um, kayak jack they have and it goes on the top of your SUV or van and it's motorized so it drops down on a motor you put the kayak in it and you push a button and the thing goes up so I don't have to climb up on top and do it so that that might be much more doable with an SUV okay number three in the pro SUV column you have a lot more seats so I can put five people in my truck if I took everything out of it. Everybody would be really squished and we couldn't buy anything because I have gone places with three people across the back and two in the front. And there's not a ton of floor space back there, even though I have the crew cab. So if everybody just has a pocketbook or a backpack or you're going hiking or you have a picnic basket or a little soft cooler, everybody's feet are squished. So I love the idea that once you arrive at the campground and you take all your camping gear and set up your site, you can really pack a crowd in there. The expedition had seating for seven or eight. So the one that I road tested this week had two captain's chairs in the second row and then it had three seats in the back. But I really loved the captain's chairs because one, 
They had this really easy sliding mechanism that you could slide it forward and tip it up and you could get in and out of that third row seat really easily or you could climb into the second seat as you normally would but if someone else jumped in anybody could just easily access that third row. But a lot of times when we're girl camping we're going someplace. We're going someplace an hour away. You don't want to take everybody's car. You just want to pile everybody in. And with the three rows of seats in the expedition, there was still lots of cargo space behind the third row, especially if you had the Expedition Max, which is a foot longer than the regular expedition. So I kind of like the whole idea of that, being able to tow a crowd around in there. Okay, number four. You can car camp in it if you don't want to tow. So this is really one of the top reasons on my list for me to switch from a truck to an SUV. I really love the amount of space in the back of the Expedition and the possibility of using it as a camp vehicle and going on a trip without actually having to tow. So a lot of times when, like for me, um, Shenandoah National Park is like a five-hour ride for me. And sometimes people will say, hey, you know, we're all going to meet at Big Meadow at Shenandoah where you want to go. Well, if I leave my house on a Friday afternoon to just go down there for Friday and Saturday night and I'm in traffic and I'm towing, it is going to take me a long time to get down there. And the towing just does slow you down. I like the idea of just kind of keeping it simple and having that... Um, back rows of seats folded down, make up a twin bed in there. There is still tons of room there. I did a mock-up when I took this um, road test to see if I was comfortable in it, and I discovered a couple things here. One, I could sit up in the bed that I made up. So the seats are folded down. I put my mattress pad down. I got my bed made up there, and I'm sitting up in that, and my head is not hitting the roof. This is important because you want to be able to sit up and read or type or do whatever you're doing in there. So I liked that I had plenty of headroom there. I also had plenty of length to be comfortable. When all the seats are folded down, it's 102 inches long. So that's plenty of space for a twin bed. It was really easy to get in and out of. When you pulled that second row extra seat forward, you can step on the running board. And the reason I say that is because if the rear hatch is open, it's really not easy to access the bed that you make from the rear. It's super high. It's a super high car. The running boards go across the front and um, the first two rows of seating. So when you open the door, the running board comes out, the seat folds forward, and it's easy to get in and out of there. Another thing that I loved about it is it had this great sky view window in the roof. It's really huge. It's actually like half of the roof is this big gorgeous window. When you're laying in bed in it, you're just looking at the skies. It's like nature video right in front of you. I can imagine laying in there, looking at the stars, looking at the moon. Maybe it's thunderstorming. I, I just, just absolutely really love that. I did a little video on this, so I'm going to attach it to the uh, show notes for this podcast. So I want you to go online and look about how you could use this as um as a, a camping option. So another option that I like here is because I tow a teardrop, albeit a very large teardrop. I know sometimes people tell me I don't have a teardrop, but my Max is a teardrop and it has a full queen bed in the back and it does have a booth up front that folds down to a twin bed if I wanted it to. 
But taking that table up and down is a pet peeve of mine. I like the table standard. I like a bed and I like a table. But I do have this really cool canvas tent, a, t um, a bell tent that I take with me when I want to take a girlfriend and I create a guest room for it. But I really think having an SUV in which you could create a guest bedroom in it is way easier than setting up a canvas tent. Because if you've ever taken one of those things down in the rain, it ain't fun. So I love the idea of being able to use the SUV as a car camping option. Okay, number five. The SUV has so much more cubic feet of storage than the truck. Now, it may not be the kind of storage you want when you're moving furniture, but it does hold a ton of boxes and gear and groceries and things like that. And you can still carry more passengers with an SUV than you can with a truck packed with the same number of things. So the cubic storage in the SUV is just phenomenal. It was like 120 cubic feet. It's crazy big. Okay, number six. When you pack your camping supplies in the rear of an SUV, they're more secure than they are in the bed of your truck. So I have never had anything stolen. I have a vinyl truck bed cover. It doesn't lock, but it could easily be cut through if anybody wanted to get anything out of it. I've never lost anything but sleep over this thing. So when I'm on the road and I'm on a long road trip for several weeks, I will sometimes stay in a hotel if, one, the weather is really bad. Um, a, there were a couple times when on my Texas trip, there was just bad thunderstorms and tornado warnings, and my husband and mother were both calling me, so stay, stay in a hotel tonight, honey. So I just do put everybody's mind at ease. Another thing I do is if I'm on a really long road trip and I do a big driving day, like 10 hours or so, I am not arriving at a campground at night in the dark, not knowing where I am. And so I'll just stay at a hotel. I never worry about what is in the contents of the back of my truck in a campground. Never give it a second thought. I do worry about it when it's parked in a hotel parking lot. I always try to park it out front, but when you're parking it with a trailer attached to it, that's always not easy either. So anyway, I just feel like with an SUV, the things that are expensive and important, like if I lost my tool pack, I'd be really upset. This, there are some expensive things in the back of that, you know, truck. I, I feel like I put those things in the back of an SUV, it's locked. It's not as much of a concern as it would be in the back of a truck. Okay, number seven. This is a big plus for me. With the Expedition, the tailgate opens and it clears the tongue jack on my camper when my camper is hooked up. So I always fully load the rear of my truck when I am packing before I hitch it up to the um, camper to my um, camper because the tailgate will not fully drop down once it's been hooked up. So if I forget something or I'm just done, um, on, I'm done hitching and I have wheel chocks or something and I want to open that back tailgate, it hits the tongue jack and I can open it about two thirds of the way and I can slip a few things in and out of there but you're not going to be able to fully drop that gate and climb in there and get something out that you want. So this actually happens to me all the time. I am always opening the back of that thing and being careful just to rest it on top of the tongue jack. So 
I like the idea that I can be at a rest stop or something and I can just open that back tailgate and just have full access to the things that I want to get out of there. And that isn't just the option that you have when you're using the bed of a truck. It's not not being able to get at that stuff is is irritating. It happens a lot. So those are my pros and cons of trucks versus SUVs as brought to you by the Girl Campers, I have to say, because we had a great conversation about that on our Facebook page, Girl Camper Facebook, if you don't belong. I'm going to be back in a minute and I'm going to be talking to you about my experience road testing the expedition last week. I had a blast doing it. I took it out on a camping trip, just a little overnight or 50 miles from home, but enough to, for me to be able to tell you honestly how it tows. I'm going to be back in a minute and with my review of the Ford Expedition. Before we go on and talk about that beautiful expedition, I want to tell you about what our friends at Campco are making to keep the rear of your RV organized. Campco's RV equipment storage bags, they compactly store your freshwater drinking hose, your gray water hose, or your electrical cord. It's one mesh bag, but it comes with three different convenient identification tags. So if you can put a tag on it that says fresh water, electrical tag, a sanitation tag, then you know when you're grabbing something what's in it. These bags measure 16 inches by 10 inches tall, and they feature a lined interior with a breathable mesh top. So if you put something in there that's kind of wet and yucky, it's not going to marinate while your uh, camper is parked in all dark and um, heat so you're not going to be growing bacteria while you're back there. These things are a great way to keep your back seat organized there. They're $14.99 on Amazon. Free shipping if you got Prime. Campco, they're always making great things to make our RV life even more fun. Thank you, Campco, for all you do for RVers and for Girl Campers. Okay, I want to get on board here and I want to talk about the expedition itself. So this week I had the opportunity to road test the expedition. I was personally interested in this and invested in this particular model because as I said earlier, I've been considering a switch from a truck to the SUV and the expedition has the same engine as the F-150 that I drive. So they both have that 3.5 liter V6 EcoBoost, the 10-speed transmission, and I knew I would be happy with that engine performance, but I didn't know if I would prefer that enclosed luxury model SUV to the crew cab lariat short bed truck that I currently own. Now the Expedition was retooled in 2018. That redesign included the 10-speed transition, more house, uh, horsepower, and better gas mileage. So in addition to mechanics, the interior was completely reimagined and includes a redesigned console with a large touchscreen. I really thought that was so big and pretty. Voice-activated navigation system, wireless phone charging pad, 110 volt, 150 watt AC power outlet, uh, a connectivity package, a Wi-Fi package there, uh, three row seating with the optional um, captain's chairs in the second row, heated and ventilated front and second row seats, USB ports all over the thing, heated wrapped steering wheel with cruise and audio controls on the, on the steering wheel, just to name a few. This thing is loaded, loaded with bells and whistles. So much stuff that I joked to my husband and I said, 
you know, we do these camper colleges, we would have to have an expedition college. We would all come together for a weekend and figure out how everything works. So I had two goals in mind when testing the expedition. The first one was to see if I preferred uh, it to a truck for camping. But the second was one was to see how it performed as a tow vehicle. So let's talk about towing for a minute. So the model that Ford loaned me was a 2019 Expedition Limited Stealth 4x4 with seven passenger seats. The tow package on this model was the heavy-duty model, and that had the 3.73 axle ratio. Now, because we're educating people here, and there's so many people who listen to the show who are new to towing, new to RVing, I want to explain for a minute why the axle ratio is important when you're talking about tow vehicles. So the axle ratio will tell you how much torque and towing capacity and fuel economy a vehicle is going to get. Torque and horsepower are going to give you the get up and go that you need when you're merging into traffic. And when you're towing a trailer, you can't hesitate. You can't be a squirrel in the road. You got to hit the gas. You got to get in there. So you want that torque and that horsepower. With axle ratios, what you need to know is this. The higher the ratio, the more towing capacity you're going to get, but that is going to come at the cost of a lower fuel economy. A lower ratio number on your axle is going to get you better gas mileage, but it's going to get you a lower towing capacity. So one of the things I have loved about the EcoBoost engine is that I am getting that high tow package with my F-150. Mine is 9,600 pounds, and I do have the 3.73 axle ratio, but I get really decent mileage in that for a tow vehicle. 16 miles a gallon I get on that, which I'm happy with because honestly, my Mercury Mountaineer got 12, so I'm I'm going up in the world. Now, the Expedition has been rated best in class in towing. The standard 3.5 engine that I've been talking about has 375 horsepower and 470 pounds of torque. This is how Expedition earned its best in class rating with the heavy duty tow package. You get 9,300 pounds of towing capacity. Now, there are features on this vehicle that make it a great option for towing. One of them is the trailer sway control that works with something they call Advanced Track RSC, Roll Stability Control. Now, what does that mean to us lay people? Because when you're at the dealership and the guy is standing there and he's saying, yeah, it's got Advanced Track, RCS, you're you're trying to, or RSC, you're trying to look like you know what he's talking about. Well, the advanced track with RSC is Ford's premium electronic stability system. And what it does is it improves the vehicle control no matter what the driving surface is. So if you're in snow, ice, gravel, rain-colored roads, or dry pavement, this system provides increased stopping power, it helps you with better traction, and it improves your stability. So basically, this is an electronic system that monitors the wheels and corrects them, applying the brakes and reducing the speed if necessary when it senses that a tire is going in the wrong direction. You're steering off to the left. Maybe you're not paying attention. It's going to sense that and correct that for you. If it senses fishtailing, it's going to override your control and take steps to correct it. 
Now, I know that trailer sway is something that so many new to towing, towing really, really fear, and I understand why. It is so frightening when that thing happens to you, and it's an added measure. Like, for us, like, we're not computers. By the time we sense the fish tailing, it's happening. The advanced track with the RSC senses it before we even get to that point and corrects it. It will actually step on the brakes for you or, or slow the vehicle down or correct it for you. So that is just kind of an added measure and peace of mind. I mean, it's amazing what they do with technology. Um, another available feature, and this is one that I really got quite attached to in the week I had it, is something they call Blind Spot Information System. It's bliss. So when I first started driving the Expedition, I couldn't figure out why this light kept going on on the driver mirror, the side door mirror. And I realized pretty quickly into it, it's their Bliss system. And what that does is it uses sensors that are in the side panels of the car to detect another car that might be in your blind spot. Now, I really did like this because this is something that allows you to check your blind spot without twisting in your seat to physically look backwards. And really, that's a very dangerous action when you do it. You move your whole body. You could accidentally pull the steering wheel. So I did get used to that feature pretty quickly. And it, it and it is. I mean, you would see that like a one. And then you look in your mirror and you don't see anybody but the light's on. And then a second later, there's that person in your mirror. You would not have seen him. So I loved it. Another option they have is something that I think girl campers would really, really love. There's a learning curve to it like anything. And this is something Ford calls their Pro Trailer Backup Assist. So this helps you steer a trailer in reverse with just the turn of a knob. Now here's how Ford is making backing into the campsite easier. What Pro Trailer Assist does is it's a knob. It's on the right-hand side of the steering wheel, not on the steering wheel, on the dashboard. Now, this knob allows you to let go of all those tips and tricks that people have told you about counterintuitive steering when it comes to backing up. You know all that stuff they say, well, put your hand at the bottom of the wheel, and if you want the trailer to go this way, you turn that way. If you want to go that way, you turn the other way. I think it's kind of brilliant what they've done here because if you want to go left, you turn the knob left. If you want to go right, you turn the knob right. So what happens here is you take your hands off the wheel, but you are still controlling the gas and the brakes and the computer controls the steering wheel. So when you buy the vehicle, you have to set it up for your particular trailer. I went all through the owner's manual in the glove compartment, and there's this little kit that comes with the owner's manual. Really clear directions, but there's fantastic YouTube videos on this. It has some stickers on it that you have to put on your tongue jack. You have to take measurements from the camera and from a couple different angles. You set this all up. You put these measurements into the computer, hitting OK on the steering wheel um, system. Once you get that all saved into your system under your trailer's name, so you could use several different trailers here, then the vehicle knows what the distance are and it helps you to be able to steer. 
So I thought this was kind of cool because I spent kind of like two years figuring out how to back up a trailer by myself. And sometimes it took me a hundred maneuvers and once in a while I got it down in four or five. Now, they have all this technology that does that. And any little, you know, 10-year-old with basic video skills can now back a camper into a, uh, a campsite like this. So once you learn this, it's very, very simple. I found a great video of it on YouTube, and I'm going to put it in this blog post. I really, really loved this feature. I can back up a trailer pretty well now, but there's every once in a while where you just get to a really tricky site. But if you've never camped before and you're totally new to this, this is a feature that I think you would really love. I think it's way easier to learn how to use Pro Backup Assist than it is to learn how to back up on your own. So really, really nice feature. Now they have something else and it's called a limited slip differential and that's part of their towing features too. And this is something that makes towing in slippery conditions easier. So if you've ever been towing in the rain or something like this, this is just kind of one of those things that's there and you don't even know it's taking care of you. So I love that too. So I did take the expedition on a short overnight camping trip, just about 50 miles from home. I really wanted to see how it would tow. Um, I didn't have my weight distribution hitch because that was a different height than the Expedition hitch receiver. The hitch receiver on the Expedition sits quite a bit higher than my F-150. So I had to use an old hitch of mine that was the right height and ball size, but it didn't have the attachments for my anti-sway device or the ball on it, so I could use my just anti-friction sway device or my weight distribution hitch. So the tow capacity was 9,300 pounds on the Expedition, and my trailer has a dry weight of 3,500. I can guess I probably have 1,000 pounds of stuff in it, so it's at about 4,500. So I really wasn't worried about, you know, obviously I knew I wasn't going to be towing something too heavy. Because the vehicle though was totally new to me, I decided that I would take the back roads there until I felt comfortable with it and then I would take the highway home and that's what I did. So I have to say that it towed absolutely beautiful, but I did expect that because it's the engine that's doing the towing and I know this engine. So I was on a very kind of windy, twisty road going there and it handled very well. I never felt the shifts in the transmission when it changed gears or anything. It was really easy to back up. The 360 degree mirrors were something that I really, really loved when I was backing into my campsite at the campground, which was kind of one of those tricky ones. It was kind of on a curve and then there was lots of rocks and trees. You can switch on the side cameras for, because you have them all around. And I could see how close I was to these big rocks. We were camping at some place called Boulder Rock. So that tells you something about the topsoil. There are big rocks sticking out of everything. And so campsites were carved out of these rocks. So when, when I was pulling in, I was able to turn on those cameras and see, am I going to swipe that rock? Is my tire going to go over it? So that was a feature I got used to really, really quick. Now the rear of this had lots of uh, space back there to be able to pack things in. I put my mat down back there first and then I put all my gear on top of it. I only camped overnight, it was only going 24 hours so I didn't bring a whole lot of stuff with me. 
and it was gorgeous weather. So I was thinking to myself, you know, if it was rainy and I've camped in every kind of weather and would I want to be taking all this stuff and putting it in the back of this beautiful vehicle? Well, I just think if you're using it for camping, that you would have probably a, a weather tech thing back there. You would have something back there. You would have Rubbermaids and you would have gear and you would have ways to store things back there without getting the car all dirty. So it really wasn't a deal breaker for me that you would might have to put dirty stuff back there one time or another. So I want to tell you about the driving experience itself, though, outside of towing. The vehicle itself was so comfortable to me. The seats are adjustable in so many different ways, and that's really important for long-distance drivers. When I have a day when I'm driving, and sometimes I have to have a 10-hour day behind the wheel, I always start out in the morning all stretched out, my legs as far back as I can go, my my elbows completely straight. In the afternoon, when I start to get a little tired, I want to be more alert. I don't want to have that lounging kind of position. I always bring my chair up. I shorten the distance a little. I bring the back of it up, and I'm making sure I'm staying alert on the road. So I like that the seats adjust in so many different ways. The placement of all the things on the dashboard was a good thing for me too. The buttons are really to get uh, easy to get to and they're easily noted. And what I mean by that is I rent cars a lot and I can't tell you how frustrated I am by symbols that don't make sense. Like I was in a rented car last week and it had a sun a sun on the dial. I still don't know what it was for. I kept pushing it. Nothing was happening. So uh, it's really a very intuitive design. Like when you get in the car, you don't have to spend a lot of time guessing how to turn up the fan and how to turn it down, how to get the car cold, how to get the car hot. So I loved everything like that. It's not some big guessing game trying to figure out the windshield wipers. I loved the pad on the console to charge your phone without a cord. I think that's a really helpful thing for people who really drive a lot. You really don't want to be playing with plugging in your phone. And the fact that you could just take your phone and lay it on that pad and it's charging. That being said, I have to tell you, you have to take it out of your case. So mine's in a protective case all the time, a heavy duty one. So I had to take the case off it in order to use that feature. As I said before, I really, really liked the blind spot detector. There were lots of little cubbies for things too. If you're a road warrior, you probably have gum and Tic Tacs and snacks, and you probably have one cup holder that's full of your morning coffee still, and another with a water bottle. I always have one or two backup water bottles in the passage or in the driver's door down on the bottom there. I just want to be able to grab those without stopping. So I like that there were just so many places to put stuff. Um, the screen for the navigation was really big and easy to use. It had an option for built-in Wi-Fi and uh, as well. All in all, I really like the feel that you get when you're in the driver's seat because that's your home. I mean, that's your cab. That's You're going to live there 10 hours a day sometimes, sometimes for three or four days at a time when you're going far. So it's important that you really like the space around you. Now, there were a few things that I didn't like, and I feel a little nitpicky even saying these things, but they matter, you know. So... I never open a skylight when I'm driving. I hate the sun beating down on me. And all I do is squint when that thing is open. 
but I do like it for late in the afternoon and I do like it for nighttime viewing. You know, if you were camping in this thing and laying in the back, that skylight in there was unbelievable. It's really, really big, but it only has one panel that covers it. I wish I could have opened the middle and let that light in there while having the one over the driver is closed. So that that was not an option. Um, the other thing that I, I just couldn't get going was the foot-activated tailgate opener. So that tailgate thing was there, and um, I, I looked at it in the book. It's supposed to be there. I kept putting my foot over there. I don't know. I never could get it to work. So I don't know if there was maybe some setting that was turned off or something, but I never did figure out that foot setting there. I also wish that they had contrived a way that you could climb into the rear of that SUV. I mean, it is really high off the ground. I love when you open the passenger and driver door there, the running board comes out automatically, but there's no kind of running board or step or anything that drops down from behind that allows you to climb into the back of the SUV. One of the things that I really, really love on my F-150, it just has a built-in step. It pulls out of the tailgate and drops down, and then it has a safety handle that allows me to get in and out of the back of the bed of that truck. I didn't have that on my old truck, and I love it on this one. Okay, another thing I didn't like was the price. It's a beautiful automobile, but you are going to pay for all of that technology. The lowest priced regular Expedition is priced at a starting point of like 53k. So that's not with the bells and whistles. But that being said, I got to tell you, the standard features on these things are what used to constitute bells and whistles before. So you do get a lot for that 53k. The model that I tested had lots of fun bells and whistles, including second row seats that recline, have their own USB ports, temperature control, and are heated and cooled chairs. But the price tag on that, 78000 So I always think when I see these things, I think, well, you know what? Our whole lives, my husband and I have bought two-year-old or three-year-old cars. We let somebody else take the hit, and then we buy them when they have thirty or 40 or 50,000 miles because vehicles now go to 200,000 miles. So if I could get that $78,000 car three years later and pay fifty for it, then that's a good way to do it because you're going to still be able to own it for a long time. So I've included some videos that I did um, on the expedition, including a fun one I did. I showed everybody where I had it all set up for camping. So if I were going to camp in it, I really wish I could have camped in it. It would have been so much fun. I had it all set up for camping. There's a video in the blog post about that. So if you want to see the videos and the pictures, you got to head over to girlcamper.com and check them out there. Thank you, Ford, for the ride. It was so much fun. That is our show today. I want to thank our friends at Setzer's World of Camping, Camp Co., Go RVing, Bankston Motorhomes, and General RV for partnering with Girl Camper. That's a wrap, everybody. Have a great week and happy trails.